press the follow or subscribe button in your podcast app to get daily updates from the front. From the journalists of The Australian, here's what's on the front. I'm Claire Harvey. It's Tuesday, October 18. Australia's aged care system is in dire straits. Two-thirds of the nation's providers are now operating at a loss. They desperately need the federal government to come to the rescue with an emergency funding package. That's according to a new study, and it's in spite of significant investment by the former coalition government. Treasurer Jim Chalmers says it's one of Labor's biggest worries in the lead-up to next week's budget. I've never seen anything like it. It's just devastating and I just feel so sorry for the people who are going through bad times. Devastation in Victoria and there's more rain on the way. Potentially thousands of people in Victoria, New South Wales and South Australia will be displaced by floods in the coming days and weeks. And the cost of living's likely to rise even further as a result. Later in the episode, we'll find out who's next as the water makes its way downstream and what it means for food prices. Political suicide. That's how Senator Michaelia Cash described any attempt to cover up an alleged sexual assault of a political staffer. She also denied such an incident was politically embarrassing. Cash was one of a handful of high-profile witnesses to enter the box in the final week of the trial of Bruce Lehrman. He's pleaded not guilty to raping former staffer Brittany Higgins. We'll have more on that in a moment. And just a warning, this story contains content that might be distressing to some listeners. Senators Michaelia Cash and Linda Reynolds entered the witness box yesterday in what's set to be a dramatic final week in the sexual assault trial of Bruce Lehrman. Lehrman has pleaded not guilty to raping Liberal staffer Brittany Higgins in Linda Reynolds' Parliament House office in 2019. Sarah Ison is a reporter with The Australian. She was in court yesterday and she joins me now. Sarah, tell me about Linda Reynolds' evidence and some suggestions she's been following the trial maybe more closely than she should have been. Yeah, you nailed it. We were quite surprised, actually, to hear revealed by the prosecution, Shane Drumgold, who really grilled Senator Reynolds on this, about her efforts to seek out a transcript of Brittany Higgins' evidence directly through the defence. And they are, of course, Bruce Lerman's lawyers. So that's a bit inappropriate. Bruce's lawyers told her as much. But it turns out her partner, who's usually based in Perth, was also sitting in the courtroom during Miss Higgins' evidence. And lastly, the prosecution also revealed that Senator Reynolds had sent a text to the defence saying that text messages between Brittany Higgins and Senator Reynolds' former staffer, Nicole Hamer, could shed some light on the case. The prosecution, Shane Drumgold, called this a bit of an interference and even that she was giving tips for cross-examination to the defence. Linda Reynolds is used to fielding questions at Parliament. Today, she was fielding them from the Supreme Court. Senator Reynolds, was that a tough day in court? What did Linda Reynolds say in response to that suggestion from the prosecutor? Basically, Linda Reynolds said, look, I've met with you, the prosecution, on numerous occasions, and I've met with the defence also on numerous occasions. So I didn't think it was inappropriate to text and to reach out to the defence in this way. Once they let me know that this was inappropriate, the seeking of transcripts, for instance, I let it go, I dropped it. 
She also asserted that her partner, who was sitting there in the courtroom, never discussed anything that happened regarding Brittany Higgins' evidence, which we have to take on face value. That was absolutely her assertion, and she stuck with that. Linda Reynolds was, of course, Brittany Higgins' boss at the time of the alleged assault by another of her staff at the time, Bruce Lehrman. What did she say about the actual incident and her knowledge of it? At first, she said she was only aware that it was a security breach, that two staff members, that was Brittany Higgins and Bruce Lehrman, had entered her suite after hours, which is a pretty big deal when you're involved in defence, as she was. She was the former defence industry minister. She then revealed that when she met with Brittany about a week later, it was pretty clear that something had happened. Brittany was pretty distressed. She said that security had found her and she told Linda Reynolds that she got dressed the next morning, which kind of insinuated to Reynolds, well, something more has happened here. Reynolds said she then told Brittany Higgins, look, go to the AFP. I'm not a counsellor. I'm not in a position and I don't have the qualifications to go through this. Reynolds said she absolutely encouraged her to do that, supported her doing Doing that and had no issues with her doing that, even though it was weeks out of an election. In fact, Prosecutor Shane Drumgold put it to Linda Reynolds that her dominant concern was that this would harm the Liberal campaign at the pending election. What did she say about that? She said absolutely not. She said that is categorically untrue. That was not her concern at all. Michaelia Cash was another senior minister in the Morrison government and Brittany Higgins worked for her later after she left Linda Reynolds' office. What did she say in the witness box, Sarah? Some similar things to Linda Reynolds regarding that political damage or some of the political concerns. She was asked if it could be politically damaging for such an allegation to come out and that maybe she knew more than she was letting on. Just like Reynolds, she denied this. She said she absolutely had no knowledge of the sexual nature of the incident. Like Linda, she really only thought it was a security breach early on and that assumption lasted right up until Brittany actually resigned in January 2021, right before she went public. Michaelia Cash was also insistent that politics just weren't a concern for her, Sarah. What did she say about that? Well, basically the defence sort of turned it on its head and said, listen, would you consider trying to cover up a sexual assault between two Liberal staffers, would you consider that political suicide? Michaelia Cash said, yes, that's absolutely correct. And that is why I was confused by the prosecution's line of questioning, asking me if it would be politically damaging for this to come out. How long do you think, Sarah, until the jury goes out? Look, Tuesday is meant to be the last day that we are in court. We've got the final arguments from the prosecution and defence. What happens next, though, I mean, is anyone's guess? How long does a jury deliberate? That's the same as asking how long is a piece of string. Possibly this week we're going to have some answers, but you never know how these things go. Sarah Ison is a reporter with The Australian. Coming up, how a wall of water in Victoria will hit everyone's hip pocket. My name is Manny Karoudis and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus 
on Apple Podcasts. It's a race against nature. There's more rain to come with another major front to bring showers and storms to ground and rivers that just can't take any more wet weather. And the Murray hasn't even peaked yet. Look how fast it's going. Wow. Thursday, 100 kids come. Did all this. Yeah. <laughs> Roads cut off. Entire towns isolated, residents wading through flooded streets and defence personnel deployed. Floodwaters in Victoria peaked at a terrifying height of 12 metres yesterday. John Ferguson is an associate editor with The Australian and joins me now. John, we're expecting a second peak in areas like Echuca today or tomorrow. What are experts and emergency services predicting and how prepared do you think they are? I recently got off the phone to a contact who's in Echuca at the moment and they were told to expect a potential one in 1,000 year flood event in the town. There's a two and a half kilometre levee that's on the Murray. Everyone in town who's anyone is down there trying to raise the levee bank because what's happened in Echuca, you've got the Campaspe River, that's caused the first wave of flooding but then the second wave is actually the Goulburn River that feeds into the Murray upstream from Echuca. So what you have really in the Goulburn Valley area in the northern part of Victoria is a series of rivers that feed into the Murray. And the Goulburn is one of the major rivers in Victoria and they're really worried what's going to happen when that water from the Goulburn actually makes its way down to Echuca. Tell me about Shepparton, John. We have heard that the floodwaters peaked at just over 12 metres as opposed to the expected 12.2 metres. That seemed to have saved some properties. What's happening now? Well, the water's slowly receding and it really depends how you look at things. It's had a massive crack at Shepparton. It's caused considerable road closures, inundation of houses. It's basically on a par really effectively with 1974. So it's nearly 50 years since a major event. Around Shepparton, you've got what is known as the Victorian Food Bowl. It's worth billions to the Victorian economy. Uh, national economy, really, it's a big deal. They grow everything. That's going to be a big issue, but also they're going to have a massive clean-up phase. A large, large number of houses have been inundated in some form as well. So floods are really ugly. They're not like anything else. We've got a mate in Shepparton who literally was looking at the water and it's just coming up one centimetre at a time and he's, he, his house is slowly filling with the water. I mean, it's a little bit counterintuitive because you always think of floods, well, bang, it happens, but in some cases it's actually a, it's a death by a thousand cuts, really. What about fruit and vegetable prices, John? Do you think that this is going to further increase the pressures on the cost of living? Jim Chalmers, the Treasurer, made that point. Common sense says there will be a lot of pressure on supply of fruit and vegetable in much the same way that happened in New South Wales recently that crops get smashed, supply dwindles and then when supply dwindles prices go up. So it'd be pretty amazing if there weren't a significant impact. Also in the area is a lot of dairy so we're trying to find out the impact on milk prices because 
it's quite possible, if not probable, there will be some impact on milk prices. This water's ultimately got to go somewhere, John. Are people in South Australia ready? Well, it's a really good question, Claire. The suspicion is, or the expectation is, it might take up to six weeks for the water to flush right through the mouth. But there is already pressure through heavy rainfall in the Murray in South Australia, and that's led to some, say, flooding in Loxton, which is a town sort of uh, in the Riverland, South Australian Riverland. So you can expect that this will have a significant impact at some point in time, but it may take several weeks. So the reality is it's going to have a significant impact in South Australia over time. Not all of that will be bad, but and hopefully it's not a case of, you know, significant damage to the economy and most importantly, people. John Ferguson is an associate editor with The Australian. Thousands of Victorians are being displaced by major flooding. It can be really confusing and scary for people living through this type of crisis. If you need assistance, you can Google Australia Flood Relief or click the link in the show notes. And residents in South Australia, New South Wales and Tasmania are bracing for more flooding in the coming days. You can follow our rolling coverage of the growing disaster at theaustralian.com.au. A troubled young woman. Her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? Uh, I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.